I'm Tish. I'm Juliana. And this is episode 50 of In the Movies. This episode, we're talking about Barbara Streisand. How do you separate just a movie from everything you know about the movie? Just because a movie has the trope in it doesn't mean you can't I mean, love the film. Female characters that we do get, every single one of them is important and has character. That is LGBT representation, like, in a nutshell. We've reached the end of film technology. Um, I didn't really even realize this is our 50th episode. I know. We only took us four four years to make 50 episodes. Wow. I mean, you know, life happens. (laughs) We both work. Job. Yeah. We never promised this was a weekly podcast <laughs> no. or we any sort of smartly never schedule. promised. <laughs> yeah. So happy episode fifty. Yay. Yay. Congratulations to us. Yeah, we've made it this far. Yeah, we're still friends. Yeah. That's we pretty good. Run out of stuff to talk about, movies to talk about. Not yet. Just wait. <laughs> How could you possibly run out? No. There's so many movies. Um, what have you been watching lately besides Barbara Streisand? Uh, only Barbara Streisand. <laughs> However, uh, I joined you mm-hmm. at a screening at the Bright Nights Festival. Yes. And we saw Woman at War, an Icelandic film. Mm-hmm. It was really good. It was really good. I was trying to think of the director's name, but I can't remember. Benedict something? Icelandic. He, it was, it was really well done. First of all, never seen an Icelandic film before, so that's cool. I don't think I have either. It's always fun when you do a new country. I'm going to be like that, you know how people like mark off like their travel destinations? Mine will be Mm -hmm. like, have I seen a film from that place? That's a good thing. It would be fun. Something. That's something. Maybe we should, yeah, Yeah. do that. (laughs) Like a little passport for a movie. Right. It'd be cute. Um, anyway, it was a very well done film. I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And Iceland's beautiful and I'd like to go visit. Yep. Yeah, it was really good. I think it played in Ottawa, so it's got some sort of release. So I bet you right. can find it somewhere. Yeah, because it, it wasn't it, not only at the film festival, but later that week it Mm-hmm. actually played in uh, some of the independent theaters here. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, highly recommended. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I watched a couple nights ago um, the CFI had their Canadian Masters series and we had documentary filmmaker Nettie Wild mm-hmm. um, for an interview one night and then a screening of her most recent documentary Konaline, Our Land Beautiful is about an area up in northern BC that is sort of people are I guess you could say people are like fighting over it because there's mining industry there there's also um the first nations who live there who don't want their land disturbed and there's also hunters and you know people who live out there anyway it was uh beautiful and interesting and she did a Q&A after and stuff and she's just a lovely woman it's cool. neat. It's nice um, 
Because a lot of the stuff that the CFI does ends up with, like, Q&As and directors. And it's always interesting mm-hmm. to get, like, their actual perspective on the filmmaking. Yeah, I didn't get to sit on an interview that they did the night before. But people came out and were like, that was amazing and interesting. It's yeah. Good. Fortunately, not a lot of people come to our Canadian content. I know. That's. Well, I mean, like, like who am I to point this fingers? I'm like, not we've there. Got, I know, but it's like. We really do. I'm going to call out Carleton Film and Studies on this because was, we co-present Canadian Masters with them and none of the film students come. I'm right. Like, what are you doing in film studies and not taking advantage of this opportunity to literally meet and talk with And I was going to say filmmaker. that. Um, I was going to say Carleton because like <laughs> we have in this city two universities, one of which does not have a film program. Ottawa mm-hmm. U doesn't have a film program they do have film classes but they don't Mm -hmm. have like a specified degree in that but carlton has a film studies program Mm -hmm. i know people have been in it so you think (laughs) that like especially as you say co-presenting with them that there would be students that would take advantage of that i used to go to so much independent film when i was in university i lived right downtown i went to the bytown i had a membership card to the bytown (laughs) we were always going like yeah, I don't understand. Well, I hear a lot of people in the Carleton Film Studies don't, like, go into it thinking that they, they want to actually be in production. And so yeah, but they're fucking useless. Like, they're in the wrong program. And I was like, how do people keep going into the wrong program? Not like, just, just that, but, like, even if you want to be in production, something where you're offering an interview with anybody in the industry yes. is always helpful. And especially in an industry that's all about who you know, what you know, and connections. Like, you know what I mean? You could literally make a connection with someone. Like, yeah. It's ridiculous. Anyway, and, like, ask questions. I'm just going to shame Carlson Film Studies students. <laughs> I, you know what? Yes. I don't mean to. We're just saying maybe maybe it's also not advertised well enough at Carlton. And, like... That's the thing. We're like, are you telling your students right. about this program Because, like, then doing? if that's the case, like, and you don't know, like, go check out the beautiful website (laughs) thank you i made the website you're welcome (laughs) like there's so much considering it's a small city that doesn't have like you can get on the bus downtown and pay 10 bucks right student price to like see films like are you kidding me it's there's a lot of opportunity in this city to see film especially with the cfi here Mm -hmm. like it's there's no excuse you can see a lot of film that isn't your cineplex blockbusters in this city just because we're not vancouver Mm. toronto or montreal (laughs) like yeah it's not like you're in the middle of nowhere where you have a movie theater that plays the two biggest movies of the summer for eight weeks and that's it like you know (laughs) anyway that's i guess my rant i wasn't expecting to go (laughs) just shaming carlton film studies students or organization Depending, or whoever. Yeah, I, I don't know. Get I blame the students for not coming. That's fair, because we do have like our intern from one intern yeah. from Carlton, and I'm like, dude, why is no one coming? He's like, I tell everyone. Yeah, lazy college students don't want to like leave. It's too campus. hard to like get on the bus on a you know like most of you don't have class till like eleven anyway the next day. Trust <laughs> me, I remember how it used to be. Uh, that was the life. Oh, well. This week is, like, last week of school, so I'll forgive them for being pretty busy. Yes. But, but yeah, in general, in general. We're always like, where are you, Carlton? Anyway, that's CFI anyway. update. Harvest <laughs> drive. 
Yes, Barbra Streisand. So we were originally going to do this. Our topic was going to be actors directing themselves or actors becoming directors. And then I was like, I don't know that I have that much to say about that, actually. And without like really studying someone's like entire filmography and trying to like right and then for their performances we will also like how do you judge like okay you watch like barbara streisand and then you watch like bradley cooper and like robert redford like each director has a different style as it is so i don't know Mm -hmm. how you would like compare and contrast those necessarily yeah you'd have to like study (laughs) yeah like a person's performances before yeah with and without directing yeah and then we'd have to do like just a so multitude of people and we were just like that it's a lot work. yeah it's and i work. frankly i don't know if i can like dissect films like that we'd get like 15 minutes of content and half of it would be a rant about carlton <laughs> <laughs> so so but we had decided that we were going to watch yentl right. for that topic and we were excited about that so i was like you know what maybe just barbara, barbara streisand. streisand i've seen enough of her stuff that i know i like her but i know there's more and she's directed three films yeah so we just decided to go with babs right she's <laughs> interesting because like my mom like loves barbara streisand because mm-hmm. grew up with her right like she was mm-hmm. like the big star of the 70s yeah in particular when my mom would have been like in her 20s mm-hmm. um teens and early 20s and so, like, I've seen a cut, some of her stuff. I've heard a lot of her music. Also, I'm a theater student, so, like, musicals. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I'd never, like, really done a deep dive and watched, like, a lot of her films. Me neither. I'd seen, like, Funny Girl is amazing. Yes. Um, like, Hello, Dolly. And then The Way We Were. And, oh, Star is Born. Born. Because I watched all the Star You just named, like, the ones that, Those are, yeah. yeah. The ones that also yeah. like and then to think of her now like we'll get into it i guess later mm-hmm. but like because she was in meet the fuckers and like guilt trip the guilt trip with right seth seth i was going to watch that but it didn't download fast enough so it was like it's um <laughs> she took a big break she took a big break and so it was it was interesting because like i feel like she had never connected with like our generation really mm-hmm. in a way even though like her de- her career spanned so many decades like She's not. She wasn't the... somehow. She wasn't like Audrey Hepburn. No, even though she did the same type did. of movies, yes. just maybe like a decade later, and musicals and these cute comedies. Yeah, I think though we might have to get into this later, but like how people perceive her was different than Audrey mm-hmm. Hepburn. Yes, and the results were thus yes. different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She didn't become that no. type of icon. She did not. She is an icon, though. She's a oh, legend. Yeah. yeah. Babs. Also, I don't know if you know this. Uh, why did she change the spelling of her name? Um, I saw a bit about this. Oh, okay. Her, like, I was just Wikipedia. actually genuinely curious. Um, if it was just something like... she Something like, I didn't like the name, and, and yet I didn't want to change, change it. Change it. And also, someone suggested changing her last name. It was a bit of a Star is Born thing where they suggested using like her middle name and changing her last name to probably something less Jewish or something, you know? Um, right. <laughs> and she was like, fuck you, I'll change my first name <laughs> instead. 
Okay. Yeah, she wanted to just make it a little bit different. Something a little General. unique, but that's not. Yeah, so she just dropped an A. Cool. I'm down with it. Yeah, sure. Look at that. Um, yeah, we don't want to go too much into her life, and obviously she has a whole singing career as well. We just really want to talk about um, her acting and her directing. So movies, obviously. This is a movies podcast. <laughs> so... Um, I'm going to just honestly read bits of her Wikipedia. Okay. Because cool. this isn't an essay. I don't have to, like, paraphrase. I can just straight up tell you I'm reading from Wikipedia. So, just to summarize, she has won Academy Awards, Grammy Awards, Emmys, uh, Tonys, yeah. Peabody's, Golden Globes. Like, so she's an EGOT. She is an EGOT. Um... She's done it all. I found it surprising, actually, when I realized she actually only did two plays before she went into movies. Yeah, she was, like, she started, 20 when she got into film. She was yeah, young. she was singing from an early age. So she was, like, a singer and then really wanted to be an actress, did something, and then Hello, Dolly on stage, and then got the movie. Not mm-hmm. Hello, Dolly. Funny Girl. Funny Girl. I knew. I was with you. <laughs> yeah. And then did, yeah, got the Funny Girl movie. Mm-hmm. That was 68. And then movies. More like musicals, movies, and based on musicals, movies. Yeah. Well, because, like, um, she's interesting because her voice is, like, so powerful and strong. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's considered one of, like, the voices of a generation. Like, you know what I mean? Yes. She has one of those she has like a share voice and like yes, a you know Celine voice. It's Barbara, right? Yes. Um, and of course, it was always this big thing about like her looks, which I always find weird because I'm like, she's so she's beautiful, so fucking beautiful. Like, it's really irritating. Oh my gosh. And I was watching one of the films at my boyfriend's place, and he's like, I forget, like, because. I see her in like modern things, and he's like, "I forget she looked like that. She was fucking hot." And I'm like, "Yes, yes, she was so, so hot." <sighs> oh my god! And yeah, so it's always her early films. Like, I mean, Funny Girl. The whole concept is like, I'm not beautiful enough to go out and sing this song straight. I have to like be pretend I'm pregnant and like make it yeah. funny. And like other movies, she's like you like reference like she's insecure or like she knows she's not pretty like that's right. sort of the premise of her character and, and i'm like you're fucking crazy but it's like you're beautiful all but the i guess way through her career too yeah because even the mirror has two faces is she's all supposed like to be this like frumpy yeah unattractive <laughs> yeah I'm like what are you talking about even like at that age she was still gorgeous gorgeous i know she was frumpy looking but like she is still but it was woman. this whole thing like she throughout her career yeah, yeah. it's been a thing and for pe- her character and i and also people did say it to her in hollywood like I, you don't have movie sure. star looks you have but a guess big what? nose she's, and she's a like, fucking movie star she's like i'm not changing my nose because it's my nose it's my nose and also hey i'm a singer and like that could really <laughs> change the resonance of my voice yeah <laughs> like jeez but yeah i uh I just, it's just crazy. Yeah, you watch her old films and you're like, so gorgeous. It's not even fair. Her yeah. like, there's a famous picture apple of her. cheeks yes. and like, oh my god, just kill me. Like, and she wears it like '70s makeup with like you do the crease of your eye and it's like goes to a point and I'm like, oh, it's so it's beautiful on her. '70s and all those different hairstyles. Yeah, oh. and she makes it work and I'm like, God, 
I know. Except when, like, Star is Born, she just has, like, an afro going on. I'm like, this is the bad part of the 70s. But still, <laughs> beautiful. Oh, 70s. But, yeah, yeah I just, um, I don't know. Because, like, she, in a way, with Funny Girl, how, like, that was her thing, right? And it's like, mm-hmm. her, she always was like, well, I had this voice. And because I had the voice, they let me do things. It wasn't because I looked like I, I should wasn't be. A star. But like she's so multi-talented, it's fucking irritating. <laughs> and as we go through kind of like the different segments of her life and like the chances she took in film and like her ability to break through being like pigeonholed as like mm-hmm. a specific thing is like really impressive because it's hard to do. Mm-hmm. It's hard to do today. They still like actors are like I'm not. This is the yeah. only kind of character I'm allowed to play. Because, yeah, they see you in one thing and then they're like, oh, that's what we want for our movie. Right. Is that character again. So, yeah. She got into film through, yeah, her voice and musicals because Mm -hmm. musicals were also in the, I mean, these are late 60s we're talking about. And Mm -hmm. they were still pretty Musicals were still like the big thing, right? And like. And becoming the big thing in movies. Yeah. And if you could, and if you could sing and act and dance, like. You had it all. You had it all. So. Yeah. yeah, so our early movie career. We've got Funny Girl, Hello Dolly, On a Clear Day You Can See Forever, The Owl and the Pussycat, What's Up Doc, Up the Sandbox for Pete's Sake. That takes us up to like 74 for like comedy, musical comedies, comedies. Yeah, and she's kind of playing like. She always seems to be this woman who's just like very confident and just like inserts herself into someone's yes. life like i'm here it's almost manic pixie dream girl but very like, much not so mysterious maybe i don't know she's just like i'm gonna come I'm fuck your shit up stir things up like in what's up doc i don't know oh. why she even like picked on him no. but like she's just like i'm gonna pretend to be your wife and whatever like i really enjoyed that film it was really um, funny it's what. I was just looking at her Wikipedia, and they're describing it as, during the 70s, Streisand starred in several screwball comedies. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. I love absolutely. that. Screwball comedy. I'm like, that's what it's called. I fucking love that. <laughs> like, the 60s had, what they call it, like, madcap yeah. was an adjective they really loved. I'm like, anything that can be described with that, fucking love it. Screwball comedies, another favorite. <laughs> like, I know. You don't, but, like, it's, it's just, just fun. Ugh, such pure farce. And, like, you don't, we don't get that in our comedy today, like, Something like that. If they do something like that, they make it, like, more sexual jokes and, like, weird, like, controversial. They push boundaries more, whereas back in the day, they were just having fun. Yeah, they were like, everyone exits the room and enters. Like, it's just the classic stuff. Yeah. Delightful. Yeah. Um, She's very much, like, the ingenue in these films Mm -hmm. and, like, she has such... Uh, amazing comedic timing and stuff that they obviously discovered really early on so they kept putting her in these like super big comedy roles Mm -hmm. um i love her she made her mark like her sense of humor the way she like makes jokes and like it's so distinct to her even in the more serious stuff like a star is born or the way we were like when she is being a bit goofy with her character it's like ah yeah she can hit uh uh funny note just like so well like nobody else her like little fast talking like brooklyn accent kind of thing like i love it yeah i am i really enjoyed like i had seen 
funny girl. I'd never actually watched the film Hello Dolly, but like going back and watching this part of her career, I mm-hmm. really enjoyed because they're Me too. like even today they're like so fun. They're usually not super long. Mm-hmm. It's like comedies. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like yeah. I was like, oh, perfect, like ninety minutes, like of just joy and like laughter and yeah, yeah. Um, some of them are pretty racy, like just. Uh, I was seeing the owl and the pussy cat, mm-hmm. like because it's not a film I'd ever seen, and I was like, "Oh, okay." Right away, she's just being like a prostitute, and she's in like lingerie and, and showing off her butt. Yeah, and he goes sees her movie Cycle Sluts. Yeah, that was and I was just like, like "Okay, okay, I'm just going with this." Yeah, it was. Yeah, the thing about like, that movie that I noticed. Is that it has the same premise as Breakfast at Tiffany's. Yeah. Like, it really starts the same. Like, in Breakfast at Tiffany's, they call her, like, a call girl or mm-hmm. something. They allude to it more than just outright say outright, it. yeah. And in Owl and Pussycat, she's straight up like, I'm a prostitute. Yeah. Like, but, like it starts with her getting in a thing. guy's like, car and they go home. Yeah. And taking money for men yeah. and... Um, you know, ending up spending the night in the apartment of this writer that she just met. And yeah. like, I mean, very different characters. But I'm like, you know what? This is the same premise. And they did one thing, you know, with Audrey Hepburn, classy call girl thing as if it's so glamorous. And this was like, no, it's, this is Chicago. And she's yeah. just a fucking prostitute and doing weird stuff for money <laughs> with men <laughs> that isn't even sex. And it's, yeah. And that's the thing, yes. It, you're right that it's, like, it's interesting to see, like, almost the same film through, like, a different lens. Because, yeah. like, it's so much, um, like, Breakfast at Tiffany's had, like, a little bit more, like, class and, like, whimsy mm-hmm. and glamour. And then mm-hmm. this is just, like, we're real people. This is Yeah, and they're, happening. like, literally, like, out on the street. They're Like, the half, first half of the movie is one night. Yeah, and that's and... crazy to me. But it... Also, yeah. like, it's that, so that much like, frenetic energy in that film that she, like, has to maintain. and She's just not, does not stop talking. No. She's so funny. It's, oh, it's crazy. It was good, though. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, so that's kind of, like, I guess. Sort of her beginning mm-hmm. era of movies, which we find delightful. And then she started getting to more dramas and taking some risks. So, like, we have... I guess her first sort of drama is The Way We Were mm-hmm. in 73. That was like the big, like, <gasps> she's going to be in a drama. Her. It was yeah. like a big thing. Um, And then A Star is Born. Right. There's one about her being like a boxer that I'm not sure if it's supposed to be funny or not. Okay. Um, up until like 87, she did a movie called Nuts where she's a call girl high class call girl accused of murder fights for the right to stand trial rather than be declared mentally incompetent so that's different (laughs) yeah prostitute character so it's been a while since i saw the way we were but i remember i liked it Mm -hmm. well it was a really big deal at the time because of robert redford and barbara streisand were like two of the Mm -hmm. biggest names you could possibly land so it was like very did 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 Robert Redford direct it? Mm, let me click on I was, it. I wasn't sure. Because <laughs> then it could did also he? fall into our... I'm not sure if he did or not. No, Cindy Pollack. Cool. <laughs> um, 
but uh, I haven't seen it in years and years, but it is mm-hmm. very good. But the, more importantly, the fact that she's able to go into drama is impressive. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of women, unfortunately, this still happens. Once you kind of, the kind of fun comedy part was kind of like her youngest years. And then mm-hmm. she's able to take her career and transition into doing different things. And for so many women, they're just like, oh, you're too old. So no more roles. Yeah. You're too old for the ingenue comedy thing. So you, so can't, you can't, do can't do anything. But she managed to, yeah, start making those changes into the roles. Right. That, and that sadly, they would let a woman of, you know, like oh, she. I know. It's so annoying. Changed with her age or showed that she could do what they wanted from women that age right and i think part of that is like she was such a big star right yeah so like her she name still meant power. something at mm-hmm. least in hollywood even if it they could take a risk with her right and then i th- the name i think when the way we were went so well they were like oh okay like she can handle she this can but it, handle. it's really interesting because like she is able to show like a lot of depth with characters and her dramatic roles like mm-hmm. she does a She's a good actress. She's mm-hmm. not just like, oh, she's cute and funny. No, she's really, yeah. like, compelling to watch. Yeah. No matter what she's doing, you're paying attention to her. Yes. Even in, in like, A Star film. is Born is not a great movie, guys. Um, <laughs> But she's great. Right. And, like, her doing her music in that movie is great. And, like, she's, you know those notes of like funny Barbara that you know or dramatic Barbara like you see her acting which is not bad even in a bad movie no it was like sort of poorly written movie more than anything but she can still pull it pull it off mm-hmm. and it's uh, yeah, I'm just like so impressed with her, just like if her career. Because I think back to like this is like 70s, 80s. Like it's still when I just think of like how almost little we've improved in like roles for women and like allowing... oh yeah, we're still getting the stereotypes, the archetypes. Yeah. You know, it's a movie full of men, but there's a wife and a mother. Yeah, 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 and um. The fact that, like, so many... This goes for actresses and actors. Everybody. It being pigeonholed in Hollywood, which mm-hmm. is not new. It's always happened. Since, like, the beginning of film, it's like, oh, this ca- mm-hmm. this actress plays these types of roles. And they still yeah. do it today. And I think you have a little bit more flexibility because a lot more artists, like, go out and do their own thing and try and finance their own projects. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it'll at least... They have more opportunity to, like, take the reins and show that they have, like, a broader range. Yeah, they don't have to rely on the studio system. signing them for certain roles. Right. They can go make a little movie that maybe no one will notice, or maybe it'll get them a little bit of cred with people who do see it. Exactly. And it can at least, even if it's not, like, if they go do, like, little independent film that's not, like commercially successful it gets them like the clout that they need to be Mm -hmm. able to do a studio film Mm -hmm. in that like direction but to to be able to like take charge of her career the way she did and like break out and show her range and like get these deals and i mean i know like we do have to say like she also is doing a singing career simultaneously of this which is very successful insane yeah amount of work that she's done yeah um, and of course, like that helped, like to have this huge crossover star. But 
I just she's just so amazing. amazing. (sighs) Okay, okay. Um, and then she um she started directing. So yeah, she sure did. Yentl was her first that she tried to get made for like years, almost like ten years. With other directors and, you know, Hollywood, whatever. And finally got it made. She directed it. She co-wrote it. Starred in it. It won lots of awards and acclaim. Mm. Um, I have many thoughts about this movie now that I've seen it. I feel like we could have done it for a podcast. Yes, because we could have just talked about it. I could talk about it for a long time. So it's a good movie. It is a good movie. Um. It's just a lot, like, the subject matter I could go on and on about. Because it's, like, early 1900s, Jewish, Poland. Um, yeah, and so then it's up Jewish stuff, like... and then it's gender stuff, because she's... A... Basically, if you don't know, um, <laughs> it's a woman, relatively a young woman. I read something that Yentl was supposed to be 17, and but Barbara Streisand was 40 when she played her. She doesn't like, look 17. No. And there's stuff at the beginning like, oh, she's like, you, you should be You're married s- by now. You're, t- you know, like she's an old maid, which I mean, think even yeah. in the 1900s, like 17 was probably you could have been married, but you weren't like overdue for marriage. So I don't think. I always really thought so- she was like supposed to be tw- like 20s. Yeah. Because that would be like, yeah, like mid 20s. Old. Right. You should like, be married by now. Yeah. yeah. I didn't realize she was 40 at the time, but I was thinking, she like, she did not look start 40. her career until 68. Like, right. yeah, she must be, like, in her 40s. But I'll give her this. She don't look 40 in that. No. She looks like a young little boy. Yeah, she does, yes. <laughs> or a young woman. Yeah. So it's the story of a woman who, so in Jewish faith, they have, only men can study the Jewish face than the Talbot yeah. and whatever Bible, all that stuff, which of course is bullshit, but that's the way it is. So like her father, a teacher in secret. Yeah. Cause she just was, she's just was supposed to be a wife. That's all women did. Um, and her father dies and she's like, well, I want to continue studying. So I'm going to come in here, move away, pretend to be a boy, go to the yeshiva, which is a school. And be a boy and be able to study. And then this weird love triangle happens. I was on board and then... It got out of control. Really out of control. Really out of... She... She marries a woman. She marries a woman. That happens. But that's not even the weirdest thing. The reason that she marries this woman... So she makes friends with Mandy Patinkin. Okay. Who, by the way, looks the same as... He always looks the same and sounds the same. I know, but I, I love it. I don't know. I, know. I just love it. He's oh. great. Um, yeah. And he's in love with his fiance. Uh, what's her name? Uh, ha- uh, it's so simple. Ha- had- Hadass. Hadass. Oh, I was so close. <laughs> but their relationship is weird because, of course, like, he only sees her, like, every Tuesday night for dinner at her parents' house because, you know, they can't, like, be together yet. Um, They're not married. No. So, but he, like, looks at her like she's so beautiful and she, like, dotes on him and, you know, perfect little wife material. She, like, doesn't burn the fish. And Barbara sings a <laughs> song about, like, oh, of course she loves her. She's, you know, if I was cruder, I'd be like, she sucks his dick all day, you know? Like, right. that kind of, like, would you like this? Let me clean this. Let me get this. And he's, like, 
it says he's in love with her, but then he also says such misogynistic things. I'm like, that's not love, you psycho. Anyway, then father decides he can't marry the Hadass because his brother committed suicide, and there's that's and that's like your family has tainted, yeah, me, basically. Like, cursed. So Avigdor, Andy Patinkin, yeah, says to Yentl, aka Anshul, Anshul. You should marry her because that's like the closest thing to me marrying her. Yeah. And like, I don't know if he was asking Angel to like have a platonic marriage so, he so could, that he could like could sleep s- with her. Yeah. I don't know. He just like, he wanted his best new best friend to marry the woman that he thinks he loves. They're skinny dipping. It's, <laughs> oh yeah, there's lots of gendered stuff. Going yes. On. So, but that's the, like, and she actually agrees because she's in love with Avador. Uh, but I kept thinking, like, okay, so when does this, but then they actually they got actually married. Got and married. I was just like, And then the wedding day, and she actually manages to, like, keep not having sex with the wife. Yeah. She's all like, I know you're still in love with Avador, so, like, we, But then Hadassah falls in love with Anshul and actually does want to be, oh, my God. So she's right. like, okay, it's gone too far. I have to run away now. And tells Avador, and he's really mad. But and also she's like, is I like did it because I was in her. love with you. But he's like, admits that he had feelings for Anshul. <laughs> but like, it's okay now because it's actually a woman. He's like, this is great. We can get married and have lots of babies. And she's like, and I'll continue to study, right? And he's like, no, you don't have to. You're a woman. Stop thinking. Like, he mm. literally says, like, women don't have to think. Right. And I'm like, this is a crazy society. And then she was like, well, that doesn't work for me. And I love she's you, like, but no, it's more you. important to me. To study and then she like goes to America. I assume that's where she's going on a boat to a new place where maybe they let women study. And he gets back with Hadass. I guess it's okay now since he's maybe the father's like, well, at least he's a man, right? <laughs> so she I can think be that's kind of like now. what it is because like now she would be like, what? Like, how would they left even like stop? You know what I mean? And like marriage, right? Kind and of? They wouldn't like, want that, so I think that they were like, "Oh yeah, know. oh you, at least she's married let's, off." And yeah, let's just get her married. So at least like this is no we'll longer just ignore a this little blip. Yeah. Oh boy. So there's a lot. It's uh, quite the movie. roller coaster ride. Yeah, yeah. The whole thing of him like being so in love with Hadass Avador, saying he's so in love with her. And he has sinful thoughts about her. But then, at the same time, talking about her women, about, like, they don't have to think. And, like, it's all about, like, whether her father approves. And, like, literally says things like, women don't think. I thought that was the point, though, that she was trying to make with the film. Is, like... Yeah, it was just, like, I know how it's, like, wrong-headed the time, but, these like, thoughts are. Mm-hmm. But his, like, just him being, like, saying he's in love with her and then, like, talking about her like that. I'm like, you are not in love with her. You are, but you think she's good wife material. Right. But that's what they think he thinks love is. But then he's like, oh, even if I can't marry her, you should marry her. Like, he really thinks it's love. Yeah. But it's like, you don't even know, dude. Like, no. it's so weird. But they're also at the time talk about, like, well, you marry and you make a good marriage and then you hope that you grow to be in love like that was such a big thing too right so like people sought out like 
she would make a good, a good wife. Match. So if yeah. we marry, like love will grow. Ugh. Okay, I, like, thank not God that we're lo- not like born into oh that. Not that long ago, I watched Disobedience, which is modern, but it's same concept. Extreme Jewish Orthodox Jewish, whatever okay. it's called. Have you seen it? No, I haven't. Okay. seen Okay. It's good. Okay. But yeah, the, their lives are so weird. Like the Rachel Vice character comes back and she's been shunned or whatever because for, you know, being gay or whatever. Um, and so she like can't hug her friend. And then she finds out her friend David has married their other friend, the woman who she had like the affair with relationship, relationship with when they were early. But like somehow she got over it and was like still accepted in society. But Rachel Vice was banned or shunned or whatever. Well, and one just, probably, like, repented, and one was, like, I'm Well, she gay. agreed to, like, marry David, and, like, she talks about their marriage, like, well, you know, we just, you get married, and you have sex every Friday, and <laughs> that's just what you do. And she's like, are you, you're okay with that? Like, you don't enjoy, do you still, like, only enjoy sex with women? She's like, yeah. Like, she's, like, fully, oh, it's that's... so weird, and, but yeah, I guess, like, people are still doing stuff like that where marriage is just like joining two families or it's just you know it's crazy you reach an age and you have to do it and you have to like make children god it's just i mean i'm sure we've talked about this on the podcast before like how we feel about religion yeah we don't mean to be shooting on jew no judaism in particular but this is what yentl is about and she's Barbara's Jewish. So we're talking right. about Jewish. Well, and to be honest, I learned some stuff about yeah. Judaism watching Yentl. Cause... I wish I'd learned more, to be honest, about... She's talking about, like, the books, the five books from Moses, yeah. the of the Bible, and then the Talbot is the, like, sort of about the books of the Bible. Right, yeah, they, like... And that's how they created their Jewish laws and stuff, like, out of the Bible. It's, like... I mean, I'm not into anything where, like, a bunch of men thousands of years ago wrote down some stuff and we're still following their rules. But, you know, I like learning about it while at the same time thinking, you're insane if you follow this. Because I'm judgmental like that. Fair enough. But, yeah, their rules. But they were also arguing about, like, when is sunset? When is dusk? When is twilight? As I'm like, are these important things for your faith? But it's, like, if they took, it, like... Really, those seems to be, like, learning based on, like, debate and Yeah. Ideas. I mean, the whole sure. school seemed really interesting. Like, they're always just yeah. hanging out, like, debating this one or a few big texts that they study. Yeah. And I'm like, that's and interesting. And, like, interpretations and... But it's, like, again, it's only men are allowed to even read this stuff. Like, women aren't supposed to even, like, know any of it. Like, men learn all the rules and then tell the women the rules. Which is bonkers to me. To be like, I'm of this faith, I'm in this community, but I'm not allowed to read anything about it. Well, when she was talking about making Yentl, she said that um, it all came from the question, why? Uh, Barbara said, why were women like Yentl not allowed to study? Why wasn't a woman equal to a man? Mm -hmm. The point is, for me, it raised the issue of why women are still second-class citizens and why aren't their minds respected? And that was kind of like what she started with to like make Yentl. Because this is 
early 1900s, but made in the early 80s. Right. So, so 80 years later, we're still we're, asking these questions. Exactly. Not just, just in the Jew, like extreme religious communities. I think, yeah, A, like she is Jewish. So I think obviously it's a, a place of understanding for her. But I think it's mm-hmm. interesting because it brings in kind of like the disparity between men and women, both in society and in religion. Like, you kind of, you see mm-hmm. it in both places. So it's like, for Yentl, it's like double. Yeah. You know. Because even if she wasn't in the more Orthodox Jewish faith, at that time, she still wouldn't still have, women it still really wouldn't have been school. any different. Yeah. She would have, you know, been expected to study like if she was an upper class woman in that time period, and, it would be etiquette know. and like you would they study it, like, like finishing school, right? And you would study like art and singing and like because yes. you know like the feminine arts exactly. <laughs> so I I and that's not what she was interested in. She was interested in philosophy and you know yeah. debate and the big questions of the world, which they found through their faith and stuff. Mm. And yeah, so it's. I don't know. She's an interesting character. Mm-hmm. And that she, like, got away with it for so long. And the movie came out to incredible acclaim. Mm-hmm. And she was then not respected in any way for her directing of it. And uh, apparently it's still a joke now. That's what it said in the article I read. That, like, Barbara had to, like, show her work to male mm-hmm. colleagues like directors and like she asked for opinions on every frame and stuff and she says that she did this all stemmed from like an article um an interview she gave she talked about showing the finished piece to steven spielberg because they were probably colleagues and friends at the time Mm -hmm. and he had said like it's beautiful don't change a frame of it and uh how he then offered like maybe you should direct something for my company and she told this story to this reporter who like butchered the context of it and made it seem very much like it it ended up saying in the article like she showed her work in progress to steven spielberg and he gave her editing advice and so like it really came across as like she needed the help of men to direct her film Mm -hmm. and that (laughs) considering it's a film about gender disparity Mm -hmm. and then like it brought up this whole fight for women in directing is like really irritating because male colleagues show each other their work all the time and it's just considered like right so it's just considered like oh getting like an opinion or like sharing some of like your Mm -hmm. work in progress but when a woman does it she needs the help of a man it's because women Uh, aren't seen as like on the same level as men no matter the experience or claim of the men a woman they're never seen as peers nope within the same industry and it's continued like that like for her ever since and she mm-hmm. yeah but the the directing because like robert redford warren Beatty, both of these people were actors who then went behind the camera and it's mm-hmm. it's very common now in the industry but then mm-hmm. it still wasn't like super common for actors to transition but when men did it they were given the respect that she was just never given changing to directing mm-hmm that's all we can say at this point I mean I could talk about Yantel forever but she then she went and directed (laughs) more yes um 
So 83, and then she was in Nuts in 1987, and then directed The Prince of Tides in 1991. That was a a heavy one. Yeah? Yeah. I skipped that one in my watching. It's, um, first of all, like, you don't see a lot of Nick Nolte other than mugshots these days, and so, like, it's (laughs) young Nick Nolte. really strange to, like, see him in a film for me. I don't know why. He's just one of those people that I'm like, you're, like, a crazy person now. Yeah. Um, and like he's, he has such like a r- crazy rugged face, like <laughs> old face these days that you're just like, wow, what is happening? It's based on a book, The mm-hmm. Prince of Tides, and the book Why is like is it named that such a weird name. Um, so it's kind of about the relationship of a man and like a psychiatrist, but it's. Mm-hmm. The psychiatrist is his sister's psychiatrist, and his sister's a writer, and she refers to him as the Prince of Tides in, like, one of her poems, so that's where the name comes from, and it's all about growing up in, like, the South, like, South Carolina, in, Mm. on, like, this little piece of land, and, uh, in a pretty abusive family, and Mm. a lot of shit happened, and he, you know, meets a psychiatrist, and she's the first person he can, like, open up to about his past, and so... She's trying, and his sister just recently tried committing suicide, and he's kind of telling this psychiatrist, like, oh, this is kind of the shit that we grew up with, because she can't figure out how to help his sister. Anyway, it's pretty but dark. They fall in love? They do. Of course. But they don't end up together. Oh. I like <laughs> Spoiler that. alert. <laughs> um, Good. <laughs> it's based on an 800-page book. So I was just go scanning through a couple of the reviews out of curiosity to see like what the general sense was mm-hmm. at the time. And a lot of people said like, this is a decent movie, but a lot of people who read the book were like, it's an 800 page book in a two hour movie. Like it's, you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like you really miss a lot of the context, which is a, a very normal problem with like adaptations. But mm-hmm. in terms of a film, like it was just surprisingly heavy. Like Yentl's not light either, but like it's not a musical and it is, it's he- it's some heavy shit that they deal with. There's like rape and abuse and yikes, spousal abuse and parental abuse. Kind of glad I skipped that last yeah. night. Yeah, it was. Uh... Yeah, good. Wow. Um, yeah, I just went ahead and watched her the much funnier. Much. <laughs> it's not really that funny. Slighter. Um, yeah, the mirror has two faces. Yes, from '96. Um, it was, it's in, did you watch that one? Yep. Okay. So it's interesting. Yeah. It's weird. Okay. I didn't love this one. I didn't hate it. It was fine. It's just a weird tone, I guess because of the weird circumstance. So yeah, this man is like a professor and he decides that like sex is too distracting basically, or like romantic relationships are too distracting. So he wants a partner, but he doesn't want to have sex. Right. He wants not to Not because like... he's not sexual. No. This is not the story of an asexual person trying to find a life mate. No. He's that just would be like more interesting. abstaining because, because he, he thinks... thinks it affects his work and he gets more work done when he's not distracted. If anything, he's probably like a sex addict and that's why he has to like gold, gold, gold turkey or Well, because like they have this scene at the beginning where he's like literally this woman's can't like... can't focus when his like ex-girlfriend's in the room. Right. She's so sexy. It's on the person. I mean, she is sexy. Yeah. Um, so he finds a frumpy middle-aged woman. Again, going back to her theme of 
not being not being pretty, pretty. and she basically like goes along with this even though she doesn't really want to but she's like well, she's who else is him. gonna marry me and she's well she yeah she likes him and she's also in a family where like her mother and her sister are very like your looks Beautiful. are the only thing yeah. that matter because your sister is like when lauren bacall <laughs> mother's lauren bacall, bacall your sister's yeah. mimi rogers right getting married for the third time to pierce brosnan who is barbara's ex in the movie sorry her character's ex-boyfriend ex yeah who, like left her for her sister like ugh. so yeah she's like like the ugly duckling of the family and also just like whatever Unlucky she just wears comfortable clothes i know she's a professor it's the yeah. 90s don't blame her wardrobe on her like and she's just busy and like she has a date with some guy and she keeps canceling on him which is like fine she'd rather watch baseball but then she meets jeff bridges and they have like a great intellectual relationship like yeah. they really enjoy and they enjoy each other's company it's a and friendship they have fun. Yeah. yeah and he's like and that part's all lovely let's get married and never that have part's sex weird. <laughs> I'm like, if she was also like, I don't want this, then it would be like, fine, get married, have whatever type of relationship you want, people. But I'm like, you are two sexual people. One of you is denying yourself sex out of, because you think it distracts from your work. And And the other one is just like, well, this is the only man who will ever marry me, so I'll deny what I actually need in a relationship just to have a relationship. Yeah. And he does say, maybe we could have sex once in a while, which is like... That's a weird thing to me because I'm like, you are a sexual person. You're choosing not to have sex. This isn't like an asexual person. Some asexual people are like repulsed by sex. Some people would be okay doing stuff with their partner that they love. They just don't really like it the way other people do. Or the way you're portrayed in media to love it. Yeah. Some (laughs) people would be like, this doesn't like completely disgust me. But it's not like my fit. It's not what I'm super into. I'd rather yeah. spend my night Whatever. not doing but that. But, like, he, that's the way he sort of portrays it, which, I mean, it's 96. No one was talking about, like, asexuality and the spectrum. Yeah. But I'm like, why would you promise that you could do it sometimes if you're doing this weird, like, abstinence thing right. for and yourself? Like, the whole thing is, like, and then, I mean, then they, uh, spoiler, they fall and they're actually in love. And he yeah, is attracted she, to her. Well, that's another problem that Maddox thing is like she gives herself a makeover, right, while he's away on a trip, and then he realizes he's in love with her because now she's conventionally attracted. Well, I found that like, well, because they almost slept together that one time. He wanted to. He wanted to. That's what I'm saying. He's denying himself so, like, something he wants. But that's wants. when he's like, he was already attracted to her before yeah. the makeover, and he says at the end, right? Like, I, mean, I like the way she looked. Yeah, like you... like. Yeah, you did. You All like, you had to do was fucking say that and you guys could have avoided it a lot. I know. It's just... Like, you actually... like It was a, a bit strange. I think she was still trying to play on, like, some of the, like, gender roles and that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. It was interesting because, like, the woman was um, the one who was more instigating sex, which you don't see mm-hmm. on screen a lot. So there's some stuff. But it was a little strange, the whole story. Yeah, my whole thing was just that he was... He wasn't asexual. He was just denying himself yeah. sex. Yeah. But I was like, was hey, no... dude, you're not fucking around in an unhealthy relationship getting, like, obsessed and distracted by, like, a really sexual relationship. You are married to a woman who's, like, your best friend. Yes, you're you in, like, the relationship so people much. want. <laughs> and, you know, 
at this point, like, if you added sex to your relationship, it would be a very healthy thing to do right. if you both want to do Maybe it. Maybe you shouldn't have gotten married so fast, but who are we to say? Yeah. <laughs> like, also, like, then she, all, like, almost hooks up with Pierce Brosnan again. Yeah. Like, that whole, like, but back that was and great forth between she was the like, sisters. You know what? I always thought I wasn't good enough for you, but turns out you were never good enough for me. I was like, yeah, girl. She's all, like, blonde and sassy now. Yeah. She wears makeup. Yeah, she does. She lost a few pounds. Yeah. It's a bit of a, oh, you know, a makeover thing where she physically improves, quotes, improves, changes. And, you know, everyone's in love with her now. Including, like, her ex-boyfriend's more into her, even though he's married to her sister and her own husband, who's... Yeah. Yeah. It was anyway, just then they're act, they're in love, or he's like I guess it just helps him admit that he that he is attracted to her or yeah. something. Well, because then it's also like that he doesn't want to lose her, you know, the whole. Yeah, she's but, like, you know what? I don't actually want this marriage. And he's like, oh wait, but I I'm in love with you. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, duh. So interesting choices, Barbara. I think that her choices of directing are interesting because they're. They're three very different films, and I think that just as she took her acting career from, like, comedy Mm -hmm. into drama and did a lot of range, in her directing you see a lot of range also. Mm -hmm. Like, you have even, like, the music that's involved in Yentl, you have, like, a straight drama in Prince of Tides, and you have... Mm -hmm. The Mirror Had Two Faces is billed as, like, a romantic comedy, although it's... A strange, strange one. Comedy. But so I think like it's impressive that like through both her acting and even though it's only three films, her directing career, like that she shows like just how broad her abilities are. Mm-hmm. And she's directing herself. Yeah. Which I it's find challenging. baffling that people can do that. I know because I assume they're just no one gives enough credit to like their assistant director and everyone else because like you can't literally direct while you're on no, screen. No, you go, you set up the shot, you have someone standing for you and you set up the shot and then yeah. you go and you do it. But also just the fact that like as a director, you're a third party with a critical eye, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, we all know like how hard it is to like judge yourself mm-hmm. on like an unbiased Mm-hmm. way and that goes in in either direction either because you're too harsh with yourself because so many people are their own worst critics mm-hmm. and you're like this is terrible and you you know almost spend too much time on things because mm-hmm. you or like oh yeah that's fine because you get so stuck in your head with like what you think you want and you don't have like someone yeah you have to like be in scene. your character in yeah. the scene while at the same time being the viewer as the director and working with all the actors in the so scene. challenging, I would imagine. I can, yeah. So, uh, good for you, Barbara. Yeah. And then after that, she took a break. Yeah. Basically. Um, still singing, I think. Putting out music, touring or something. Um, but then, like 20 years later, 20? 10. 96 to 2004. Um, she was in Meet the Fockers. And Little Fockers, and then The Guilt Trip in 2012, and that was... Which is... I didn't good. have time to watch them, but I mean, I just watched trailers or, and clips to get an idea, and... Plays like see. the zany mom and Meet the Fockers. Yeah, instead of being like the quirky, like, like we said, the quirky ingenue, ingenue. She's or now like pixie the dream girl. She's now mom. the... Yeah, <laughs> which is interesting, because she 
can be the same like humor that she had, but she doesn't have to be like funny and sexy. No, she's just, just funny and funny. weird yeah. mom, which she can do. Like yeah. she seems still like really funny and still like compelling to watch on screen. Yeah, there's um. I was going through IMDb because there was a film announced in uh, Catherine the Great that was supposed mm-hmm. to star Kira Knightley. That was announced back in 2015. Really? So, yeah, and it's still it's considered still... in development. Yeah. So, because she was that was going to be her fourth directing mm-hmm. credit, but I don't know if that's still it's happening. Still... Like, I mean, it's still on IMDb, so it still exists in some capacity. But mm-hmm. um, I couldn't find anywhere like. What's actually happening? What's with happening it? with it? Because everything I read was like when it was announced in 2015. Yeah, it says so. that's in development and in production. Untitled Barbara Streisand project. Right. The tumultuous love affair between Margaret Bourke White and Erskine Caldwell. I don't know those people. I don't know, but that sounds like a period piece. <laughs> yep. So she's attached to direct that, which I would love to see her direct more. Yeah. So would I. I would also like to. Because, like, she has the ability and the talent, so, like, let's go. Let's, let's do go, this. Babs. Let's go, Babs. You're only, like, 75. You got lots of time. Right. If Clint Eastwood can, can keep still... directing into his hundreds. Yeah, I know. He's <laughs> ancient. <laughs> um, you can do it, too. So, I think some of the other stuff that's interesting about her, because, like, we talked about Audrey Hepburn, and, like, mm-hmm. Barbara Streisand did a lot of the same things as Audrey Hepburn, but was looked at very differently, yes. and... Barbara Streisand has carried around a reputation of being difficult to work with. Mm-hmm. And she, Eva. yeah, she's talked about that too. And she talks about like the way we discuss men and women and how different that is. Because if a man and a woman have the same attributes, like a man is considered committed and a woman is considered like obsessed mm-hmm. because God forbid a woman not just be soft spoken and, if we do charming anything, and if we do anything know. too far in either direction it's too much right it's just like using the words like bossy controlling mm-hmm. nag all of those that are so generally associated with women who mm-hmm. have any type of like point of view or control or like a strong mm-hmm. voice and so she's she also said like she committed a major sin when she came into hollywood because she was offered she was offered a three-picture deal mm-hmm. right out of the gate before she had done any other film just from her mm-hmm. Broadway performances and it, pretty much on the strength of her voice. Mm-hmm. And she's like, so people just were like, well, you didn't have to work for this. Right. So, and she was like, uh, like, and she talks about when she was first offered this deal, they threw a party for her and like all of these giant Hollywood people were there and she was terrified. Mm-hmm. And so she like showed up to this party late cause she was scared and didn't really want to go. And she like sat in a corner, like, and so people were like, Oh, you're not charming and sexy and funny. Like mm. you're just a diva. You're just stuck up and like, you already think you're too good. Right. For everyone. And she's like, I carried that around my whole career. And she's like, I think people are surprised. She was talking about Yentl when we went and did Yentl went smoothly. I'm they were shocked I wasn't somebody that raised my voice. And, like, you know, she's like, I, I, I don't know, you know. So it's it's kind of sad that she seems to. Let's, I mean, I women know. in Hollywood, they yeah. stick you with yep. some reputation and that's it. Yeah. You do one thing or your one movie fails or not even fails isn't a huge hit. And it's, you know, you're not worth anyone's time. But yeah. men, you know 
can do no wrong. She also said vanity is a word that's used for women when they try and like do more than mm. reach for something. Because she was taught, she she actually said that she had read a review of um, Angelina Jolie's By the Sea mm. as her vanity project, and she's like, because she, she directed something, <laughs> like, she starred in it, and, yeah, yeah. And she's like, oh, I guess I've done a I've done a bunch of those. Man, have you seen Bradley Cooper's latest vanity project? <laughs> like, oh yeah, no one would say that. No, it so is though. <laughs> and um, she talks about the fact that Yentl really contributed to her own consciousness of like gender discrimination mm-hmm. and she's become a really big advocate for that she's like Barbara Streisand does a lot of charity work she has, uh, puts a lot of money into cardiovascular like health stuff but particularly mm-hmm. looking at like women's health because mm-hmm. healthcare is based on what's best for men not mm-hmm. women and she's politically active and um, she's also started like Film production, oh, frig, I'm going to forget the name of it, artists, something, with a couple other people. She did this back in, like, the 80s or 90s, I think. And it was, like, more of a production that, like, like would help fund, like, female directors and, like, mm. people trying to do smaller independent projects and, like, yeah. So she's done, like, a lot of work within Hollywood that's not, like, even in front or behind the yeah. screen. What an amazing woman. <laughs> it's just, yeah. I mean, it's an impressive career. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason she's considered, like, a Hollywood, like, legend or icon or whatever. Yeah. I hope we do get more directing from her. I do. Yeah, I'd love to see more of what she's doing. I'm just trying to find the thing that I forgot to copy. Okay. Okay. Is that about it? Yeah, that's about it, I think. Yeah. We just love Barbara. We just, yeah. She's, I mean, lately there was the. She said something stupid. She said something stupid about Michael Jackson accusers, and she has come out she... to apologize. Okay. She has apologized. I'm just, I'm bringing it up because, like, it is a big thing that's happened recently, and mm-hmm. we are giving her lots of. It's not of... fair to, like, ignore it Igno- when right. we call out men constantly for every little thing. Exactly, because yeah. we do do that. So I'm saying she totally stepped in it. She has come out apologizing. It's a little unnerving because, like, um, I know Diana Ross also came out to, like, defend Michael Jackson. Well, friends and forever. then this gets into, like, the whole. I mean, it's such a complicated issue, too, because, like, Generally, the white patriarchy's taken a lot of time to like tear down um, any type of black icons in America. Like, mm-hmm. if if a black person makes it, like it's our job to tear them down. Um, and I think so. It touches on that issue when like people attack Michael Jackson because he was mm. so um, f- so famous and like everyone loved him, and he was like one of the few people of color embraced at the time you know what i mean mm-hmm. so it's i get that like it's an issue but i don't think that we can like not like we cannot believe the accusers you know what i mean like it's important yeah. to listen to victims like guys it's the thing like, of, like listen when to victims say like oh well he never did anything to me right it's like that has That's, nothing to do with this person's great, story I'm, I'm glad you had a good relationship you know but... like when johnny depp was 
like beating Amber Heard and stuff and you know his daughter and other people are like well my dad's so great I'm like that's great I'm so glad your dad is a good dad, dad. to you that's good that he that's not a good husband to this woman <laughs> and I'm that's sorry. the other thing it's like people have multiple aspects that's good that mm-hmm. he's a good dad with you but he's a dickhead in his marriage and he deserves to be punished for his <laughs> actions <laughs> um yep. Anyway, anyway, so yeah, she did come out. It is concerning. She has apologized about her comments. Yeah. And I mean, we could do it's another just... whole podcast on the fact of like, how do we deal in this society of like, are people allowed to change and better themselves in mm-hmm. a society? And like, but we're not going to get into that here because no. not about that. Yeah. No. Okay. Okay. Well, that's Barbara Streisand. Yeah. And how much we love her. I would just really recommend her early 70s it's stuff. If you like so, 60s, 70s, like screwball comedies. Yeah, it's, just delightful. It's really fun. It is really fun. Yeah. And she's just, so beautiful to your dating. But oh my it's, God, she, yeah. she's it's really Google fun. Barbara Streisand. <laughs> yeah. um, as always, you can email us at inthemoviespodcast at gmail.com or find us on Twitter and Instagram at the handle at inthemoviespod. Because our stuff is there. Our stuff is there. And you can talk to us. Yeah, you can rate us on iTunes. That's a nice thing oh, to do. Oh, yes, please do that. A good rating. Preferably a good rating. <laughs> if you've and... made it this far and you don't want to give us a good rating, you've spent a lot of time wasted. Ooh, yeah. Um, you know what we haven't mentioned? What? Comic-Con. Oh, Comic-Con. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We forgot about it because we mentioned it on, like, the Doctor Who podcast. Yeah. Anyway. You explain it. I'm going to... Okay, guys. Uh, super exciting news. So, Ottawa Comic Con is back this May. Mm-hmm. And the lovely Tish and I are presenting not one, but two oh panels at this year's Ottawa Comic Con. Um, and it's really fun for us because we have two podcasts and we kind of have one panel that <laughs> is core to each podcast. Mm-hmm. So, we're doing... Um, podcast on the historical women of doctor who Mm -hmm. and and (laughs) brave girls break the mold studio ghibli's heroes yeah for over 30 years studio ghibli has been defying animation expectations by putting girls at the helm of action adventure films why are these representations so important and how do they tackle stereotypes of femininity Let's discuss the the traits these memorable young girls have. Let's discuss the traits these memorable young girls share that have made them so influential to fans of all ages and genders. We're doing that. That's what we're doing. We're not prepared. You won't hear another. We actually have a good reason why we won't be recording another (laughs) podcast for like month of month whatever yeah because we're gonna be working on getting our two panels up to snuff but if you're in ottawa come check it out we'll be there we'll be there um yeah so the next podcast you're gonna get is the recording of that yeah panel yeah we'll of course release it as a podcast Mm. and we also have something new coming up that you will see before then yeah okay that's that's it yeah so keep your eyes out on our social media yeah definitely follow us on twitter and instagram 
to see what's new. And if you're in Ottawa, come to Comic-Con. Check the schedule whenever it comes out, like, a week before. Yeah, we don't know anything either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, bye. Bye.